Please be seated. Father, Lord, we thank you so much. Lord, you are our resurrected king. Because you rose from the dead, death has no more sting. Death is defeated. Lord, your love could not be overcome. Lord, forever your name will be lifted up and we will sing, praise God, praise God, praise God. Because you have defeated our enemy, our greatest enemy, which is in us, our sin. Lord, we look forward and hope to the day when you return. Lord, and you begin setting everything else that we've broken. You begin setting it all back, Father. Father, orient our hearts towards you. Lord, make what Tim prayed our prayer. Lord, our life, God, give us a desperation for you. Lord, drive us to our knees, God, and find real happiness, real joy in you and knowing you. Lord, you who spared not his own son, but you gave freely and in, in great joy to us because of your love for us. Help us to adore you moment by moment every day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Speaking of 1 Corinthians, or 1 Chronicles, this is uh, from chapter 29. It's right at the end of Chronicles, verses 10 through 13. I've got it on the screen as well. It says, Therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly, and David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. You are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. I want to read this again because he is continuing our worship and adoration right now. But we're going to read, I want all of us to read it together. Okay, so let's, let's read it all out together. Therefore, David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. I've got uh, some uh, the next slide if you can pull it up there, we're going to walk through this passage, but I want to make it very interactive. And so what I'm going to have you all do is I'd love for us to close our eyes during this time. And we're just going to have a time of just like 
popcorn style prayer, just adoration, okay? We've been doing this a lot with the youth small group where it's just, we'll start off by just thanking God and praising him. So here's a guide. So somebody would just call out, Lord, we praise you because, fill in the blank. And then everybody responds with, we agree. See how it says, we agree, all right? Amen is a, is a, is a different way of saying it. <laughs> we'll go with we agree, all right? So, Lord, we praise you because we agree, all right? So we'll do it like that. Thanks, Tim. Sorry. <laughs> well, let me, let me, uh, I'll start us off. Actually, Tim, you start us off with what you just said, and then and in response, say, we agree. And anybody else who wants to chime in, please do. In Jesus' name, we agree for all these things. It's so awesome to just spend time in adoration, just worshiping God for who he is. So why is that important? What, what, what's the value in that to us? Anybody have something they can share? It keeps us humble. Yeah, sets our, our place right relative to God. Absolutely. What else? Yeah, we need that reminder. Yeah, it's good. It strengthens our faith. Absolutely. Absolutely. It what, sorry? It reminds us to go back to his truth and yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I think that it, adoration, I mean, it's set, I feel like it's a, God's the North Star, you know, it's like the, the, it used to be that when you were out in the ocean navigating they, at night, they'd have to find the North Star so they could know where they are, so they could go in the right direction. The North Star is unique in that it doesn't move, whereas the rest of the constellations are, are moving and so you could always look to the North Star and know exactly where you were. And I feel like adoration, in other words, encountering the glory and the majesty and the greatness and all those kinds of things, it's, it's like a, it orients us. It orients us around what is good. It orients us around what is bad. And, and like Michelle said, I think it's incredibly humbling as well. It's, it's, and I think it's humbling in the best possible way because when we encounter God, it, it, it puts us down to where we should be but it doesn't put us down in the gutter, right? It's like, to me, there's a, there's a kind of lowness that's not healthy that forgets who God is and who we are in him. And then there's a kind of highness that's, you know, pride and arrogance. So adoration is an incredibly important thing. And that's where David starts in this prayer. So what, where are we in this context? This is right at the end of Chronicles. And if you guys remember from the story, um, you know, where, where David decides, hey, he realizes one day after he'd been king for a while that, you know what? God needs an actual physical temple. This, this temporary tent that we've been setting up and tearing down and moving around for a long time, he needs something more permanent. So he starts to work on that. But then the prophet got a vision or a, a dream from God where God said, I don't want him to build my house. I want his son to build my house. So David said, okay, I'll stop working on that. But David said, one thing I can do is I can get all the supplies and prepare everything that my son will need to build the temple. So all the supplies, the gold, all the different precious metals, all those things, David started gathering. And this second or first Chronicles 29 is right at the context of basically a dedication of that, where he had gathered all of Israel together and everybody had made a donation for this. And he had made a personal donation to this storehouse for the building. And David praised this prayer. He starts with adoring God. And then, and then look at where he goes next. It's into humility. He goes into humility. I've got it on the screen here as well. 
starting at verse 14, he says, But who am I and what is my people that we should be able thus to offer willingly? So he's like, we're giving this offering, but who am I? Who are our people to really do this? Why? For all things come from you. And of your own, we have given you. For we are strangers before you and sojourners as all our fathers were. Our days in the earth are like a shadow and there is no abiding. O Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and and is all your own. To me, this reminds me of like when my kids were younger and uh, they would buy me Christmas gifts, right? Does anybody with kids know what that's like? It's like you go to the, maybe the dollar section of Target and you're giving them money that they're going to then buy a present that they're going to give to you, right? That's the way it works when they're real little, right? You know what this is like, right? And that is, but as a parent, it doesn't bother you at all. It doesn't bother you at all. It's awesome. I love that my kids thinking of me in that way in this in this little small moment, and and here David is acknowledging God. It's like and, and and it's just to me it's just it. I don't know that we can fully appreciate the grandeur and the greatness of David as king. I mean, this is later in his life. He is like the king that is. I mean, they had Saul and they thought that was going to be good, but now they've got an awesome, you know, going around uh, kicking rear and taking names. That's the Christian version, and he is a hero right? And he has brought peace to Israel and he's done. I mean, it's like awesome. He has every reason to be prideful and be arrogant and just excited about what he has accomplished, right? But David is saying, there is nothing that we have that's not yours. Nothing that we have that's not yours. I'm going to give it all to you. What do we have that belongs to us? Just think about that. What do you have that belongs to you in this sense? I mean, yeah, we, we possess some stuff, right? We've got some things that we have keys to that nobody else has keys to, right? We've got access to accounts that only we have access to. But I would say that the better way to describe that is it's not ownership, it's possession. We, we have it, nobody else does. But who does it belong to? It belongs to God. What else do you have? You've got maybe a home, you've got money, you've got talent, you've got time, you've got Xbox, you've got Xbox Live, is that what they call it now? I forget. You've got the gifts that God's giving you, giving you. you've got a family, you've got kids, you've got a spouse, you've got other family, you've got friends. What are the other things that you have? What of that belongs to you? None of it belongs to you. It belongs to God. And so now I want to have a short time of prayer in this next stage here around humility. And what I'd like for us to do is to just gather into small little groups. That, you know, maybe it's just two or three or four or five. Just kind of circle, turn around your chair. We're not going to be here too long. But what I would love for you all to do is say, Lord, I acknowledge that my time belongs to you. Or my Xbox belongs to you. My kids belong to you. And then if the rest of the group would just say, God, we affirm that, that 
his Xbox belongs to you. Was, or whatever it might be. Just in smaller groups, you guys in the back can kind of circle up, get together. I'll start us off, and then you guys in your little groups can, can do it as well. Oh, Lord, our God, all of this abundance that we have provided for building your house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. Amen. You all ever heard the, the term playing with house money? You can, you can turn, turn, turn your chairs around. Ever heard the term playing with house money? No. Never heard that? I, I have never been given that, that privilege or that joy. I think that would be a lot of fun, right? To, to like go to a casino and the, the casino said, here's $1,000. Go have fun. You know, and it's like, actually, maybe I would, that would be a bad road to start down for me, knowing my personality. Um, but it's, it's like, what it means is I, I got nothing to lose here. I got nothing to lose. So if nothing you belongs to you, then what do you have to lose? Right? I mean, it, you have nothing to lose. So when we're saying, well, God, this belongs to you. Then, then not only is that orient like, okay, God, I think the natural reply to that is, so what do you want me to do with it? But also I, I don't have to worry about it. I'm not trying to protect anything that belongs to me because it all belongs to him. And look at where David goes next. Oh, and actually, before we do that, 1 Corinthians 3, because they were giving to a temple. What's the temple today? 1 Corinthians 3, I think, tells us. According to the grace, God, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than which is, with that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. In other words, nothing besides the Gospels is what we, we start on. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it. In other words, if it's built in something else that's not of value like Christ, it will be discovered because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. And he's describing this mysterious idea of like, okay, when we get to heaven, we're, we're bringing either eternal value things or we're bringing a bunch of stuff that's going to get burned up. So he's not saying you don't get in. You get in. It's just you're not going to get in with anything of, of eternal value is what he's saying there. Uh, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. That's what we're given to. In other words, I'm saying, God, all my time, all of my stuff, everything you've given me, God, I'm, I'm giving it to the building of your temple, the body of Christ. That's me individually. That's us together. And then look at, go, let's go back to First Chronicles. Look at the, where the prayer request goes. Now David shifts into request. He says, I know my God. 
that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things. And now I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts toward you. And so David's basic request is two things. Number one, keep that heart purpose alive, right? So we we just declared together, it belongs to you, God. I acknowledge that this belongs to you and I give it to you, God. Keep His prayer request is like, keep that my heart, keep that my heart. And then the second thing he says is direct my heart toward you. You know, one of the things that you probably heard before is, is people talk about, and you've read it in scripture, that David was described by God as what? How does God describe him? A man after my heart, right? A man after God's heart. I, I kind of think this verse is giving us massive clues about it. And I think it gets to kind of what, what Tim was saying earlier about his prayer request is like, let my passionate desire be for God. Let me feel desperation for you. And I think that there are two basic ways that we can live as Christians. And I am slipping in and out of this. And I think it gets to the idea of Tim was talking about, about desperation for God. I can either live as a Christian that's just trying to follow a list of rules, like hear all the things I got to do and hear all the things that I should not do. And I'm kind of just sort of managing the rules and just trying to live in a certain way. I think that's way number one. And I don't think it's the best. I think what, the best way is my, I want a heart that's turned, directed towards God. Exactly what David prays for right here. Because, I mean, here's the thing. It's like, um, you know, I, I think I've used this illustration before, but if you're, you, if you're just kind of living your life like, okay, God's over there and here's the edge. Like, as long as I don't go over that edge, I'm okay. So I'm just going to, okay, where's the line? What's the limit? I just want to make sure that I don't go too far in this thing. It's like, it's okay to dance around it. But as long as I don't fall off that cliff, I'm okay. Versus a heart directed towards God. You tell me God's over there. Well, that's where I'm going. I'm not trying to find the edge and just stay there. No, I want to direct it towards God. I wake up in the morning. You, you have lunch. You have dinner. You lie down at that. It's like, God, help me to direct my heart towards you. You are what I desire more than anything. A heart directed towards God. There is not a better prayer request that I think we can pray for one another. May my heart be directed towards you. I think that if our heart, like, take away all the external, all the actions, all the to-do lists, the do's and the don'ts, take that out. If your heart is, Today is a day that I want to seek God. I want to know him more. I want to love him more. I want to be with him. Do whatever I can. Just do my heart oriented towards him. I think when you're going towards God, the to-do lists write themselves. You know, do I go this way or do I go that way? Do I say yes or do I say no? Do I stay up a little later or do I go to bed early? I mean, I think, you know, what, whether it's complicated or whether it's simple, I think that a heart directed towards God is a heart that's following God and all those little details start to fall in place. And if you're living your life by the details, the list, the do's and the don'ts, then you're not fully there, I think. And I think, 
I mean, going back to the early part of the text, I think a big part of this idea that, that, uh, that David's expressing and that God's teaching us in this text is that it all belongs to you. We think it's possible to follow God, but hold on to our time. You know, God, you get a little bit, I get the rest. You know, just go down the list. My money, my relationships, I mean, what, whatever it is. What, what, what do we just pray in those groups? I acknowledge that belongs to you. God, I give that to you, and I want to go with you wherever you want to go with me on that. Or direct me in that. Direct me how I'm supposed to use it. Direct me what I'm supposed to do with it. God, you've given me this gift or this talent or this thing that I enjoy. How do you want me to use that for your glory and for your kingdom? Whatever it is, it belongs to him, and I'm going in his direction. He isn't, I mean, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. He is not a bolt-on feature to your life, right? It's like if I just get this better performing uh, air filter in my car, I'll get another couple of horsepower out of this engine, and bam, I'm going better. Just add Jesus onto my life, and things will start to fall in place. It does not work that way at all. He's saying, it's like, are you kidding me? You're driving a car that I made. You're driving a car that I gave you. You're living a life that I gave you every bit of it. All of your time, all of your giftings, all of your talent, your relationship, it all belongs to me. And you're asking me to bolt me onto your life? Are you kidding? I think he wants to have all of it. And we're saying, God, it's yours. I give it to you. And so as we close, we're going to go to the Lord's Prayer here. Or excuse me, the Lord's Supper and we've got one more phase of prayer. And I want us to do this silently on our own. Lord, direct my heart toward you. What do you want me to freely and joyfully offer to you? We'll just do that silently right where you're sitting. And then uh, the, the worship team is going to come up and, and begin to play. And when you are ready and you've said, okay, God, you're right. That thing belongs to you. And I give it to you. God, what do you want me to do with it? Listen to God. Listen to how he might be directing you. And then in your heart, resolve it. Okay, I'm going to obey you there. I'm going to obey you there. And then come up and receive the Lord's Supper. We do this in remembrance that God gave to us. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have life. God has given us the greatest possible gift that he could give. There's not a greater and bigger gift that he could give. He gave it to us. And because of that, we're redeemed to him. Because of that, we're in a family now, his family. And because of that, we can freely give to him. I'm, I'm free to do that now. I have nothing to worry about, nothing to risk. I'm playing with house money. And better than that, I'm playing with God's money. <laughs> I, am pay, I am playing with something that will return. It's not a gamble at all. <laughs> it is a winner. Play that money, you will win. You know, maybe not the way you want necessarily, but it's going to be the best way. I promise you that. So again, let's just, let's, just, let's just close our eyes. And when the worship team's ready, just you guys can come on up. Maybe the worship team, as you're coming up, you can just pass 
by the communion. Does that make sense? And then, um, and then go on up and begin to play. And then, and then when you're ready, just, just come on up and receive the elements. Um, we've got two sides here, so you can come up on either side. It's exactly the same. Um, just grab a, a piece of bread and, and, and dip it into the, to the wine and, and then take it there. And be, and be reminded of what God has done, what God has done, how he has given to you. So, Father, we just start this time for being reminded of your greatness and your, just your, your grandness. We're being reminded that all that we have belongs to you. And we just ask that your spirit would direct now and make it clear to us what step you might have us to take. Or maybe there's a thing that we just need to give to you. Or where we, we repent and we say, you're right, God, it belongs to you. I give it to you and I change in this way. I go this new way. Thank you so much, God. What do you want us to do, Father? Orient our hearts towards you. In Jesus' name.